Welcome to Sketch Magazine Podcast, hosted by Bill Nichols, Senior Editor of Sketch Magazine, John Wilson, Editor of Sketch Daily over at ComicRelated.com, and myself, Robert W. Hickey, Publisher of Sketch Magazine and Co-Founder of Blue Line. Come back after the music and find out what we have to offer in this episode. Everybody, it's your old buddy John, and you have once again found the Sketch Podcast. I am here, as always, with publisher Bob Hickey and editor Bill Nichols, and tonight we're talking about web comics. How you doing, guys? Doing great, Johnny. Hey, John, it's Bob. Doing good. All right, so web comics, uh, kind of a kind of a new thing for us old fogies here to uh, be thinking about. We're used to our comics in that uh, that ever popular paper form, <laughs> but uh, web comics have really become the hot ticket lately. Uh, a lot of folks are getting really into them, including yourself, Bob. Yeah. So, so uh, what what's the allure of web comics for you? Well, uh, there are several things. I, I spent the past couple of years researching them, and um, really, they offer. A huge opportunity but it's a totally different method of publishing um, coming from this old school of create your comic go get it printed distribute it take it out build your readership um, and you build your readership either by you know asking stores to carry your books or um, getting out and doing lots of conventions and, and trying to build it on hand sales um, the web offers you the ability to build your readership online. Now, um, they haven't really created other than a a uh, way to pay for like online publishing as far as like daily or or a couple times a week as far as a, a pay method. So what you sort of depend on is a different way in building your readership. Of course, unless you're selling your digital comics like through Apple or Sony or Amazon. Um, iTunes, you know, through Comicology, then you can, you know, you package your comics sort of traditionally, and then you sell a digital version. But if you're publishing online as a web comic, um, it's a different beast. Um, you're basically you're creating a comic and you're giving it away for free, and then the trick is figuring out how to merchandise once you've built a readership up, once you have people coming, to merchandise this property. To offset investing your time into creating it, so it, it's more work. It, you have to use more skills because you can't just be an artist and send it out. You've got to merchandise it. You've got to market it. You got to build a readership. You got to really promote, and you got to keep it. The biggest thing with web comics is to make sure it hits every day that you say it hits. If you say it hits once a week, it needs to hit once a week. If you say twice a week, twice a week. If you say five times a week. It needs to be there five times a week, so um, it's a lot of work. It's a, and, but I think the payoff can can really build up. It just takes time, and I you know we've talked about web comics in the past off and on, um, because it, you guys have been working with me on on launching this Clayswaycom strip, mm -hmm. and I'd really said we really come back to it. Well, we're about. Uh, we're right about two and a half months into it. So I feel like we're still majorly newbies on this. 
but we can discuss it and you know we can let people know you know what we researched where we're at and what we're going to do first quarter next year so yeah uh web comics um there's some web comics out there who has huge readerships unbelievable readerships um as far as how many hits they get when they post a new page you know hundreds of thousands if printed comics was getting those, oh my goodness, it'd be great. Oh, or yeah. not. That's the problem. Um, right. But it, it's, you know, I have my, my quote unquote morning paper. I sit down here first thing in the morning, my bowl of Cheerios and my Coke Zero, and I'll go hit some of the news sites, catch up on comic news, and then I'll hit, I've got about four sites that I hit every morning because they're five days a week. And there's another site that's Monday, Wednesday, Friday that I hit. So that's those are my reads. I contribute. I either pick up a trade at a con where I see these guys, or um, or buy something online ever so often just to, you know, sort of a thank you. Thank you for offering this up, and I'll support you so you can keep on doing it. So um, it, it's amazing. But this these aren't new. It's new to us. But um, you got guys like um, Scott Kurtz that's been doing it over 10 years. Now, t could you imagine reading an online comic 10 years ago every day? No. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't until about three years ago when I started thinking about this could be a method in, in the publishing. But, yeah, there's guys that are way ahead of us and uh, really have, have created a huge market for themselves. That's true. I mean, look at uh, look at Kurtz. Um, look at who. I'm trying to think of some of the other big Penny names. Arcade. Uh, Penny Arcade's one Those of them. Those guys are doing unbelievable numbers. Um, they are. I mean, Penny Arcade. They even have their own expos, two right. times a year now. Um, unbelievable amount of hits when they post. Their merchandising is very selective very keyed up to their readers they post three times a week monday wednesday fridays and then on tuesdays yeah. and thursdays they post blogs so they have content five days a week but they just draw three those guys started after kurtz kurtz actually before them but both of those right. sites have something in common that's um much wider audience than just comics and that's they're based off of gaming, whether it's video games or board games or, you know, Penny Arcade is based about those guys are running a gaming magazine inside the strip. So they're constantly playing games. Um, so I think that's how they keyed in onto an audience that was acceptable and that was probably looking for entertainment online a lot earlier than say comic book fans was looking for so that you know they they found a niche they were able to you know play it yeah and it is interesting uh the kind of d diversity of web comics i mean you know you and i both like uh the comic kookaburra oh, yeah i mean it's really beautiful highly detailed you know uh would have to take the man a lot of time, a piece of work. Then on the other end of the spectrum, you have things that are uh, not saying they don't take the artist a lot of time, but they're a lot less involved, a lot more just 
uh, very simple black line art. If uh, even that, a lot of the times, um, I've come across a few comics here and there that are very little more than stick people. Yeah, I'm trying to think but, of the one that was that has xkcd.com. Um, not it's mostly with that one. it's mostly stick figures, poorly drawn figures, but right. it's written. It's sarcasm, math, mathematics. It's like the geek, the office geek. And um, right. their readership is astronomical for the work that they put into it. Astro- just unbelievable the amount of readers they have. And um, it's it's kind of interesting the uh, the range, uh, you know, just from subject matter, um, you know, beyond even beyond the artwork standpoint, uh, you've got things that tend to be more autobiographical. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times, I can think of two right off the top of my head. Uh, there's uh, there's one, despite the provocative name, it's not really uh, it's not really a provocative strip so much as it is uh, than about this girl's life. It's called The Devil's Panty, mm-hmm. uh, who and it's about uh, the artist. It's kind of a stylized look at the artist's life. And then there's another uh, web comic called Dar that I encountered uh, last year at Heroes Con. Uh, I found the collected web comics of the artist, and it... Uh, now, she did... It kind of chronicles her exactly journey. Exactly, through all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, from... Uh, it, it deals with her sexuality. It deals with her uh, changing her sexuality throughout the story of the book, essentially. So uh, it was actually really interesting read and something that you don't, you know, always see and probably wouldn't get to see had it been any sort of regular mainstream kind of comic. Right. You know, they, they, the mainstream, especially, and even to some extent, the, uh, the smaller press tends to shy away from a lot of the, uh, more personal mm-hmm. stories. Uh, it's just, uh, it's just not something they get into. But uh, you you see it quite often in webcomics. Right, I think it's because you can connect with these people, you know, a little bit. Um, and yeah, the, the Dar book, I I think she ended it. She sort of wrapped yeah, it up. And uh, <coughs> but um, yeah, I I had never heard of it. You had brought it up in a previous podcast, so I researched it. And right. It's not my cup of tea, and not every web comics out there but i've read a bunch of them i i appreciate what the creator did and what she went through and that she you know right laid it all out there on the web for everybody to read so um very interesting very interesting um hey bill you still there yeah i'm here so web comics we sort of discussed what they are correct Mm -hmm. um how about um, well, we can discuss how how to finance them li- later on. But right, well, uh, go ahead. You, well, we could probably also uh, make some mention of how how to deal with uh, creating those. Yeah, that's where I was heading. How okay. how could you? What do you put? Hmm, let me phrase this right. Um, what do you want to put on the web? What do you want to offer? What do you want to create? What do you want other people out there to, f- to read? Basically for free. 
Um, those are things that I looked at when we when I decided to try publishing on the web. There are certain things I, I messed around with um, publishing some of the uh, printed books online, like the Blood and Roses and stuff, was get any mm-hmm. readership. And that's that's a difference. Before we talk about what to publish, just talk about some formats. There's several formats. There's a full comic page, like um, our friend Laura Inez does with the Dreamer. Right. You know, she posts once or twice a week now, I think, once a week. And um, it's a full comic page. She's telling a whole story. When she gets an issue done, she prints it in a comic, and, and she sort of she's just putting it all out there. She's building a great readership. You know, she had a trade out there published by IDW. Um, and then you on the flip side, you have web strips, and that's what we're doing with Um It seems to be that the web strips are more popular. They build an audience quicker. They are a quick read, just like your Sunday Sunday strips that you get in the funnies. Um, you know, you don't have to spend a lot of time on the site. You zip in, you read it, you're there a couple minutes. Actually, I can tell you how long people are there. Average time is about a minute and a half to two minutes. That's why I'm looking at closeway.com strips. That's an average time on that. Long enough to read it, look it over, and you're gone. You move on. They're quick reads. And I think that's what a lot of appeal is to people. They are easy. They're quick. You get your punch. You get your lift or your laughter, and then you move on. Um, so that's really the two formats. Um, I mean, the, the comic page doesn't have to be full page. It could be a short panel. It could be... I think Dar, she had a little bit different size page, page mm-hmm. layouts than a normal standard comic, which is fine because any more comics are any size you want them to be. Um, so, yeah, it, it's – those are the two formats you can go. Um, if, if you're going to do a daily post or a couple times a week, to me it only made sense to go with a strip. They're easier. I'd never written a strip before we started Clay's Way. But they're right. easier to do, and less artwork. You know, maybe three panels. Um, especially if you're trying to do them in color, you don't have to. It's not a necessity, um, but it seems to attract the reader a little bit more. Um, and uh, cr- you know, just to crank it out. Um, that doesn't mean you have to have a beginning, middle, end in every strip. Um, you could do multiple strip crossover storylines. So. Um, and we'll get back to that. So, what are you going to offer on the net? What are you gonna, I mean, what are you looking for? What are you looking to do? As I always say, make sure whatever you start, it's something that you're going to want to produce every day. Something you want to work on every day. Don't do it because, you know, well, gaming strips are cool. I'm going to go create a gaming strip. Hell, I don't even know anything about gaming. I really don't care about gaming. You know, don't do that. Do your strips and uh, make it something that you enjoy. And if you enjoy it, the odds are eventually you're going to build that readership up to enjoy it with you. Make sense? Yeah, very much so. And uh, and I can kind of put forth my two cents, even if it's uh, even if you're not going daily, even if it's weekly. Uh, make sure 
it's definitely a schedule you can deal with. Um, because I did a weekly web strip for a while, but I let it get away from me. Mm-hmm. It's easy to do. It's very easy to do. And I found myself, uh, I found myself getting from where I was ahead of the game, uh, to trying to finish the strip the day before it was due. <laughs> and, and it just got to be too, too much. So I ended up closing the strip down. Now, uh, you know, I have another strip that I'm planning, but I want to make sure I get way ahead before I unveil this strip because it's very easy to get away from you, and it can go from being something you want to do to becoming kind of a chore Well, I th- after a I while. I think no matter what you run into that, I mean, I've hit it with Clay'sway. We're 20, 21 strips into Clay'sway now. It's been two times a week. Right. Um, there's been times as you and and bill both know you know bill goes to bed early because he gets up early to his job i have right. to tag john to edit it because it's 10 30 monday night and i'm still trying to make that monday night post that's not the way to do it i mean i i really don't like when the sites that i hit don't have their post up that morning because that's my time to go read um i do find out it's sort of funny that with clay's way i publish twice a week a lot of people only reads it on Friday and backs up to Monday. Right. So they're going to read both only at one visit. So, um, but yeah, that constant, you just got to be a routine. Right now, like where we're at with Clay's Way is that I'm working on this trip for Friday. I'm going to go ahead and try to wrap up this trip for Monday before I leave for Atlanta Friday morning too. Or at least get it lettered. Right. I can always call it on the go. But to get it edited, I need to go ahead and get it lettered. I have enough strips to finish out till Christmas penciled. Mm-hmm. My goal next week when I get back is to get all those strips done. Get the whole month posted. We drew our Christmas strip today. Right. So we physically have enough strips in our hands to take us to Christmas. And then we sit down and she started plotting. I plotted. She started penciling the next story. We're going to do our first multiple strip story arc right after Christmas. And we're introducing our last main character into the strip. And uh, so we, I'd already written a good plot for it. And she started breaking down strips and stuff. So it's going to be a multiple storyline, maybe five or six strips. And at that point, we're hoping to go three times a week. It really depends on my schedule if I can handle it. Ink and, and coloring. And getting everything else done. Um, but it can be a chore very quickly. As long as, you know, I enjoy Clay's Way because it's so well connected with my family. It's about my family. Um, right. That, I, you know, I'll sit here at midnight or 1 o'clock working on it. I don't care. I, I like it. You know, do I like coloring? It's not my favorite job. Um, I had some fun coloring some of the uh, Thanksgiving strips because I had time to really spend on them and play around with backgrounds more. Well, it's not my favorite. I enjoy the inking part and the re-penciling over Jackie's loose pencils. Um, <laughs> but um, the, the coloring is probably the biggest chore for me. And But right. I, I am getting a lot faster with it. But, yeah, I mean, we're looking to hopefully get two months ahead. Because once con season kicks in, knowing that we'll do strips and throw them in, in between other stuff. But once con season starts up, 
I go one way, Jackie runs the other way. You know, the good thing is we meet on Wednesdays to really draw right and everything, and usually we're back in town if you're doing cons for that. But as far as getting stuff done throughout the week, it's going to be hard. You know, and we're talking two or three months of major con season this year for both of us. Yeah. No so, kidding. yeah, and you. And uh, so, yeah, it's like we want to get a couple months ahead. That's why even though we got most of December's done, she's already penciled in January's. So, and then, you know, if we have something that pops up, like the strip I'm working right now, it's referring to uh, totallyadd.com, a site that contacted right. us. Well, we decided to do a strip about them. So she drew it. I made it. I almost got it colored. And, you know, we're going to slide it into the routine. We can still keep stuff. We can still, you know, throw out stuff that's, either time-related or something that just hits us we want to do into the mix. So you got to stay ahead, and you got to do something you enjoy. You don't always have to do what's popular. You don't have to do Twilight Vampires. You don't have to do Harry Potter-type stuff, Right. Which I really haven't seen. I don't read a ton of them, Yeah. I haven't really seen anything like that. But there's some really, really good strips out there. But do something that you enjoy. And like I said, if you enjoy it and you're doing a well enough job with it, you will build a readership for it. Um, and there's so many ways to build that readership, but we'll get to that. That's part of the marketing end of it. Yeah, definitely. Um well, I mean, luckily you have a built-in uh, joke writer for you, too, since a lot of this is coming straight out of Clay's <laughs> mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for me, um, yeah, this this latest one, the Red Robin, he it was funny. I wrote on the paragraph underneath how it worked out. We just we sit outside on a porch swing waiting for the bus. And he leaned over to me real quietly. And I'm, Nobody's around. I don't, I'm like, what's, what's he? He goes, Dad, I got a strip. I'm like, you do? What is it? And he started telling me, as he's telling me it, he was getting so excited. He started bouncing around the porch, you know. And I'm like, okay, was it that funny? Probably not, you know. But to him, it was hilarious. And as much, you know, sometimes you just got to go, okay. So I wrote up something, and, and it was a good exercise for Jackie and I. This trip turned out nice and cute. It's Bill. Put it. Yeah, it was cute. Thanks, Bill. And, uh, but it really didn't move anything along. But you don't always do that. You Sometimes you just do strips for fun. And that was a fun one. Sometimes. Well, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I actually found trying to keep with the continuity a little harder than, you know, just making the four-panel gag yep. every time. I think as long as your characters are moving along. Your storyline yeah. doesn't have to so much be in continuity, even though we try to throw some stuff out. Like with Thanksgiving strip, we make a comment in there, you know, Pan eats the turkey. We say, you know, mm-hmm. Clay goes, couldn't you just stuck with chocolate chip cookies? Well, that was referring right. to Pan's intro where he was eating chocolate chip cookies and got Clay in trouble then. So we will refer to some of those things. But that's more character-based continuity, right. not so much as a storyline continuity. Um, those uh, keep short, 
And I mean, you, you got some some sites that like PVP. Every once in a while, a panda bear shows up and kills Brant, man, slices him in two, and then next trip he's right. back. It's like it never happened, you know. <laughs> so you can do that. It's fun. Yeah. It's real fun. So, um, you know, as far as 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 far as what you're gonna do, it can be very open. Very open, as long as you're willing to produce it. Art styles. There again, we talked about XKCD. It can be very open. Art styles can be very open. I think Dar was like a colored black and white, but it wasn't black and white. It was like blue and white or something, wasn't it? Something like that, yeah. And uh, had little splashes of color every once in a while. When it fit within the storyline. Right, right. Whenever it was story appropriate, but more than anything else, it was uh, you know a single color strip. Right. Now I read up uh, Shelton. dot com, and it's about a little boy right. and his duck and his grandpa. Um, it's black and white. He's held on to doing this black and white, very traditionalist, hand letters and everything. But I yeah. enjoy it. Um, I think sometimes you get hooked into the crater as much as you do the strip, and I think that's a good way to market your strip. Is get people involved in, in you and give them tidbits about you. Um, like I know the, the gentleman who draws Shelton, he used to be a toy designer for Kenner. And he was able to quit a day job, a, a good day job at Kenner, to do this online strip because he had built it up. Wow. Yeah. So that's the kind of readership and that's the kind of, of merchandising you can build up doing this. Um, now, a couple other strips that were black and white moved to color over the past couple of years, PVP being one of them. He was black and white, and he went color. And I think it's made a huge improvement on his site, on his strip. And then um, evilink.com is another one that I read pretty often. And uh, he, uh, excuse me, um, it's sort of like those three, Sheldon, PVP, and Evil Those three guys running those sites, they're, they're, they're buzz. They also run a, uh, a website called webcomics.com where they offer a lot of tips and how-tos and, and uh, everything. So uh, the, those are, and his strip is about Evil Inc., where, where being a bad guy, they've incorporated it into a business. So, uh, Brett Geiger does it. He's got the funniest laugh. Oh, my gosh. They do podcasting. Um, Scott Kurtz and uh, Brett Geiger, I think. Um, I think my computer just locked up. Dave Kellett and uh, Chris Straub. He does uh, a strip called Starship Crisis. They do a uh, mm-hmm. podcast like this, but they do it like on webcomics called Webcomics Weekly. Um, it's not weekly, but um, when they do it, it's well worth listening to because they have a fountain of information. All these guys have been doing this for a long time, and I listened to everyone. Before I started thinking about doing a web strip, I wanted as much information as possible. So um, those are definitely some cool strips. Um, they had, like we said, we talked about Penny Arcade. Um, now, one strip that sort of bucks everybody else is Girl Genius. Girl Genius, yeah. he comes out three times a week, and it's a full comic page. 
So um, it sort of bucks the trend, but it's got it's usually always voted one of the top web comics out there, and it, it's he offers up a full full color page three times a week. As soon as they've got a storyline done, they collect it into a graphic novel and kick it out, and it does very well. We sold a ton of those at our store, so it, it does very well. I follow that one too. Okay, so. You got your web comics, Bill. You sort of been doing this comic mentor. Um, you're hitting mentor. You try to hit every day, right? With yeah. a post. Oh yeah. It doesn't always work out that way, but yeah, being a break, you know, if you watch the, your numbers and um, and I do with Google AdSense, you can see you sort of get an idea of of sometimes what maybe somebody connects with and, and you know if you're dealing with topical uh, content and and you know comic strips and web comics and web strips are all that uh, sometimes you can see which maybe some uh, maybe which topic has uh, legs you know so to speak but uh, I try to do it every day if I can but Sometimes I'll do a day or two in advance if I if I'm on a roll. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it, c- it carries over, or one I'll be writing one and it sparks another idea or another thing. Well, I, I, something I need to talk about tomorrow or or bring back. And you know, as I said before, I'm usually talking to myself first. So I'm you know I'm a I'm a uh, a fount of things to fix. So. <laughs> So there you go, um, but yeah, regular regularity, and I've had people, you know, that that's how they how they maybe they start their day or they come back, you know, several times a week, and they need that fix that uh, that pick me up, that sense of encouragement, um, and maybe like today's was about, you know, Christmas is coming and and reconnecting, and uh, that's something that's been on my mind here lately with just people that you know and I'm interested to see you know the response from that right but uh, but um, you know I'm personally invested in uh, comics mentor just like you're invested mm-hmm. in Clay's way and I think a lot of web comics there is something about it, it sometimes it's not just about the comics it's about the people who are behind the scenes right. who are creating them and people feed into that because the, the creators and a lot of times, especially with, if they post things about their, either their, the genesis of the strip or the idea that came that day, or like you do with clay, well, uh, you tell what happened. Actually, it's funny is because I, early on, I did it a couple of times and then I didn't do it. And I had a, pe- a couple of people on Facebook say, Hey, why aren't you putting a little paragraph underneath the strip? And I was like, well, I just do it if there's something that comes up about it. Yeah, but I really like that, too. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now I try to do it with each strip, something. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah agree. because that, right, that, because that invests them in you. And that's something we've talked about before is because it is such a personal thing with you. And there are a lot of people who do identify with, um, the situations or they get the joke or they, they you know, it maybe it is personal with them. So it has more, 
of a punch to the, you know their own personal lives, or that you know maybe they're dealing with the same thing or the same issues, whatever, the same challenges, and they need a laugh too, and, and uh, you know it plays on a lot of levels, right. and so you you become a, a sort of a character, a background character. Mm-hmm. I mean, not just in the strip itself, but in creating the strip, and so does Clay, by the, the things that he says and the comes off, he comes off right. with. So and and that you know having you know met Clay and known Clay, you know I could hear him say yeah. these things too. So <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. you know it's easy for me. He's a character, but, ain't it, John? Uh, oh yeah, definitely. You get you both so, got a little bit of taste of Clay a couple weeks ago down in Elizabethtown. Yeah, he he wanted yeah. to be in the room with us going through that artwork. He didn't want to be hanging with mom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's much more fun with yeah. us, but. Uh, you know, and it also, uh, to add to what Bill's saying, it also, uh, people love that, um, you know, behind the scenes sort of mm-hmm. stuff. You know, if if they like hearing that, you know, you had a, you may have had a rough week or you may have done this or done that or done whatever, you know, or something went wrong with the strip, but you fixed it or, right. you know, people just like knowing well- that stuff because it humanizes I, th- I think that's the key thing there it humanizes us and it connects you with the strip one thing what we started doing is well, most of these web comics have a blog area because that way you right. can easily update and every time you update that that hits a must your rss feed and a lot of people watch these strips through their rss feed readers i never got into that end of it but i know a lot of people do and if they see your website's updated They'll click on it and see what the update is. So by even just making a blog post, maybe not a new comic, you get to update that RSS feed. So that's important. But what I, I started off, our blog was mostly ADHD information, ADD information, stuff like that. And it ain't that I've ran out of that information. I just haven't had time recently to scan in any. Um, but I'm thinking about taking the blog area there and doing more the behind the scenes stuff like when Jackie does a cool sketch like she did Thanksgiving you know put right. the sketch in there uh, make some posts on our con appearances or post some artwork from that or just make the blog personal make make a note say hey just posted some ADHD catalog stuff over at the community and uh, try to move some of that information over to the community area that uh, Bill and I built over there and right. trying to drive some traffic over there because we're not getting any yet. But I'm not surprised. It takes a long time to build up a community. Um, but, yeah, I agree. Personalizing, and that's what I really want to do with the blog area, is do more personals. Give them more behind the scenes with sketches and character designs and and some stuff like that. So um, I agree. Humanizing is correct. Making you know, I always say I'm one of I'm one of those guys. Even, you know, as long as I've owned Blue Line, I, you know, yeah, I own a Blue Line a paper company that produces art paper and you know a store that online store that sells art supplies. But I'm in the trenches with them too. You know, we publish Sketch Magazine. We're in the trenches creating comics also. That, that, I think that's what makes us our Sketch Magazine stand out and it makes Blue Line stand out. We're not just a company supplying these guys. Uh, we, the three of us, are in the trenches with them, creating them. So um, I think it's important to get them involved in your strips. You know, and I wonder how many 
how many people who like come to Clay's Way have their own strips? Um, I don't get many comments yet, so I'm anxious to start getting more comments from people. Or maybe people just don't leave comments. I don't know. But um, I'm really interested to see how things go. And uh, I'm looking at numbers. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> and uh, see how, how um, it builds. It builds up. So... Um, so we sort of discuss on what to create. We can't really tell you how to write it. I always suggest sitting down, writing out several scripts, get way ahead. Before we started doing Clay's Way, I had 40 scripts written. I still have, I think we may have drawn 15 of those, maybe 10. So I still, we have them, but constantly we're writing new strips. And then when we, we have time and we want to crank out one of them that's pre-written, but have many strips written. Like you said, John, have a backlog of strips ready to publish before you publish. Um, that's what right. any web creator out there will tell you. Be prepared. Be ready. And uh, have a backlog built up, ready, ready to go. Um, as far as getting it online, it... it it's never been easier, and uh, you can you, once you get your website, it's important to find the right website. You know, I always feel like the website has to be easy to spell, easy to remember. You get your website, um, and then you download WordPress. The latest version of WordPress is a blog software. It's free. Download it, and then you go get Comic Press. There again, it's free. Comic Press is a template for WordPress, and it's pre-set up for you to design and tweak, and it's real easy to use, and you can create a real professional-looking page quickly. Within a day or two, you'll you'll have it down, and it makes publishing so much easier. No coding, no creating pages, no HTML, makes it real easy. So that's uh, that was a major factor and making online publishing possible was these two pieces of software being offered. Um, a lot of sites have converted over to them. Well, that brings up a good question. Yes. Uh, what do you think of those sites that um, house multiple uh, web comics? You know, the ones that have, uh, that really all the creator has to do is uh, give their webcomic to that site, and that site runs it every whatever. You know, there there are several like that out there. What do you think of those? Um, oh, Wowio bought one of them, didn't they? Right, I believe so, yeah. I know, that was Duck something. I forget the name of it. Uh, Drunk Duck. Drunk Duck, that's it. Yep. Um, yeah, I have no problem with it. Um, there again, you have to do less worrying on your end. Um, right. So you could spend more time building your audience. Um, the thing is, also I think when you go into something like that, you may benefit initially from a readership already being there. So your readership might pick up quicker. Mm -hmm. um, I don't see it working long term unless you just never want to run your own site. Then it's fine. Right. I mean, I think they all, most of them offer your merchandising capabilities, 
so you have a way to mer merchandise from it. So um, I don't see a problem with them at all. If you absolutely don't want to mess with creating a domain and running the, the software, and believe me, it's easy, um, then, yeah, definitely. Whatever it takes to get your stuff out there, don't hesitate. Get it out there. And then you, you'll either grow into it and decide to, to mess with setting up that software on the side, and then maybe you can read, move your readership, or you start a new strip over there and mm -hmm. then move things over. So, yeah, I don't see a problem. I see a lot of benefits from it if you're brand new into this. You don't have a readership built up, and they have the readership built up for you, basically possible readership. So I see benefits from that. We sort of went another route ourselves uh, and Clay's way and bit off a ton more than we probably should have to chew. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's paying off. It's going to take a while. But, you know, the readership is starting to build. Um, but it takes a lot of work. Um, so, but yeah, I don't see a housing service. I don't see a problem with it at all. Yeah, I think you could, uh, you know, you started to hit on, um, eventually it becomes, you, you get the benefit of that readership, but you also get the detriment of whatever else may be on the site. And the fact that, you know, you're sharing everything with this website, you know, you, you can't claim full control of all the numbers. You can't claim much of anything besides, right. you know, well, uh, besides your strip. I think after a while, we look at it as, as, well, hopefully you can get your own numbers so you know if the readership right. are coming over and reading you. And hopefully. then are you, the problem with a lot of those sites, are you the prom queen? Are you the latest hot thing? If you've been there right. for a while, you see your readership falling off, it may be time to move it out or time to start something new because it may not be connecting, you know? So, yeah. I don't know. I've never done it that way. I've talked to people who have. And, right. uh, and it's just the way the way they enjoy. They don't want to do the coding and stuff. And it's not that hard anymore. But, um, yeah. I can see going that way, that route, but um, um, you can't just throw it on the net and expect readers to come looking for you either. There's no way. So since we're talking about readers and everything, we get Bill involved in this conversation. Bill, what what did we work on a year prior of launching Clay's Way? And all the with Sketch Magazine and. Uh, comics mentor and, and just every other thing that we've been doing we've been building we've uh, building and learning uh, what what works what doesn't you know uh, even the things like myspace and like comic space and a few others that aren't really functional for us now uh, or a lot of other people maybe I don't know uh, we've been building on top of and, and sort of cross, I don't know, pollinating maybe with those with those uh, sites and things, and getting the people who are maybe interested in what we're doing, so that by the time that Clay's Way, you know, came out, we already had 
several people that were following us or following that were following us as creators too. Right. Uh, so that when we say that, you know, check this out, that carries a little weight with it. Um, not just, you know, as if that happens like every five minutes, go check this out or uh, look at this. Uh, some things I will plug on comics mentor. And if I plug it, it it's stuff that I like. Uh, I've gotten readers from Clay's way from Comics Mentor. And I've had people email me. That's where they've seen it. On okay. earlier ones. Yep. Um, this podcast oh, was a big thing that benefited from our from our um, social medias too. Yeah. You know, um, we would post it, and then it was very almost like three days. I I would post something, then you or John would do it the next day, and the other one would do it the next day. And it was like three days we were all hitting our our uh, social media contacts about the post so i think it really helped this po- podcast to, to really take off as as well as done yeah. because we're constantly letting people know it's out there and it's free yeah and i think having uh you know the forum of comic related oh uh, yeah having a place to leave comments uh even though they can write us at podcast at <laughs> yes. uh, and, and people do. I mean, we've gotten uh, emails that go to all three of us. So well, know, this podcast is because of an email, which we didn't start off with. So. Right. Uh, but having even, you know, comic related and uh, some of the other message boards or forums and, and the things that even the people that are, that pay attention to us, or even on DeviantArt, uh, some people sometimes will retweet or repost or share that link uh, because they believe in us too. Yeah, it's or believe, go ahead. I'm sorry. You know, it's infectious. It's it's no, funny. No, no. Um, yesterday I was on Facebook, and I know you're up over two thousand friends. Uh, I've got over two thousand friends. You know, all of a sudden, I saw a Clay's Way strip pop up under somebody's name I didn't know and it was a retweet from you you know I guess I tweeted it or not tweeted but posted you come up and reposted this guy grabbed it from you and reposted again that's the wonderful thing about social media especially when you're trying to boost something and it's you know there again Clay's Way is free come and read it check it out so yeah that was like whoa that's cool you know so, but yeah, definitely work your social medias. Build up that list. Um, it's like going to conventions almost. Now, my list, all my school friends, they don't care but damn what I'm doing. Um, a lot of my other people in this industry is based off print medium. They really don't care about the web stuff, you know. But I find my list is starting to get it. A, a key audience for the Clay'sway stuff because they're the ones who will not comment on the site, but they'll comment on the Facebook page about the strip. So um, it's definitely something that we never had in the past. Twitter, Facebook seems to be the most popular too. You want to definitely start building your list way ahead of launching your strip. Um, and but using it sparingly, correct, John? Yes. 
Yes, it's very easy to uh, bury people under things. Tweet someone to death. Yes. You don't want to tweet someone to death. You don't want to... Uh, you don't want to make every Facebook post you make about that particular thing. Um, you know, there's... There are right ways to do it and wrong ways to do it. There again, I think it... You need to put a little bit of personal stuff out there on your media because people want to get involved with you. And, and sort of like today I made a comment... Um, I forget what it was. I take it back. I don't mind mowing grass to stop it from snowing. You know, I got five or six emails on that. You know, I agree. You know, stuff like that. Just had nothing to do with podcasts, nothing to do with Clay's Way, nothing to do with Sketch. Just something I threw out there because I was thinking it. <laughs> I won't bitch again about the grass mowing um, to stop it from snowing. And uh, it's amazing that little thing can catch people. And it's important to give them a little piece of you like that. Um, I don't, you know, you don't, I don't believe you need to put all your secrets out there. Um, that's really up to you. But give them a little bit of what you, what, who you are, what you're doing, and what's going on. And uh, and then they don't mind seeing the post about Sketch Magazine podcast is live. Clay's Way strips up. Uh, new Sketch Magazine's out there, you know. So. Um, sort of a balance thing. So, but I mean, that's one way to attract that readership that we're all looking for. We're all looking for that readership. Um, I don't know what the key number is that you need to land before it's profitable. Um, Clay's Way is nowhere near it yet. Um, I haven't got to do a real convention season with Clay's Way, so I'm interested to see when I get out in public with it more. Is how much I, it will grow, because I believe it will grow once I get these imageries out there. Um, but um, I, I don't know what the magic number is. I'll, I'll let everybody know what it is, since we know. But um, so we, we've talked about writing. We can't really tell you how to draw. That's totally up to you. How to illustrate it. It's going to be your, your look, something you're comfortable with, and how to market it a little bit. Um, there is a convention in New England that I wanted to do this a few weeks ago. Um, actually, it was the same weekend as Mid-OhioCon. So I guess it was the first weekend in November, about a month ago. Um, it was New England Webcomic Convention. Um, Kate and I had talked about even just going to it, but we ended up sitting up at Mid-OhioCon, so that sort of axed it. But I'm really interested. I think that is a way to take your setup Take your merchandise, and because people going there are people who read comics online, they're looking for new strips. They're looking to support the creators they're reading right now. I think that would be a great way to build your audience is trying to do some conventions like that. And I'm hoping there's more conventions like that that pop up. Um, I know I was talking to the guy, Andrew, who put on the uh, Cincinnati convention here in town a few months ago. Um, mm -hmm. He put out a questionnaire. What would you like to see at our con? And he said the top number one thing was more web creators. So there's readers out there looking to support their favorite web creators by going to a convention and getting their merchandise. 
So um, hopefully that's an area that grows. Hopefully we start seeing more web web conventions, so so the readerships can get out there and really support the creators. So, um, but I think that's one way. Um, reason I didn't do New England biggest thing is your web strip had to be six months old, which I don't blame one bit. Clay's way was uh, like three yeah. weeks. You know, we weren't even close. Um, I would definitely go ahead this spring and put in for a table for next fall because that's over. I want to be at that show. I want to try a show like that and see what I can do as far as helping the audience. Uh, um, so we've talked about stories. It sounds like I've talked about stories and stuff. Um, the key thing is making this if you're doing this on the side and it's your hobby, great. Rock and roll. Work your day job. If you want to do this as a living, you have to figure out how to make money with it. And I think that's one of the most important things if you want to do this for a living. How do you how do you build the audience up? We've talked about that. How do you, what do you do to merchandise it once you have that audience? And there's a there's a, a a key to this, on how, what you merchandise, and and what you can offer readers. I'm losing my voice, guys. I didn't know I was gonna have to do all the talking tonight. Um, you will if you look at a lot of these websites. Their merchandise is based around a couple of key things. One. Of course, collections of their strips. Put them in print and sell in trades. Um, that, that's what we all, we love comics. We've Most of us grew up with comics in print. So it's nice to, to, to have a collection like that. So definitely um, collections, um, either in comic format or once you get enough strips, you do a graphic novel um, and, and you sell the graphic novel. You can, you can do, uh, many of the artists do artist editions. They'll do first hundred for an additional fee for the gra- for the novel, and they'll do one through a hundred artist editions, or one through ten, or however many you want to draw in. And, uh, of course, you make a lot more money. You make more money off of those because you do a personalized sketch in each one of those artist editions. Um a lot of these guys still, if, if you're doing original artwork, as I highly suggest you do, of course, being blue line, um, you do this traditionally, a lot of the guys sell the original artwork, and they make good money from that. Um, I've seen the artwork priced as much as anywhere from, you know, 70 80 $90 up to you know, 150, 200 hours a strip. It all really depends on how long you've been around, how big your audience is, and what you're offering as far as your original artwork. Are you offering a complete piece where it's lettered and everything? Are you offering just a pen and inks because you're lettering online? Um, what are you offering as far as your original artwork? But it's a way to create money. Jackie and I, um, the cool thing about Comic Press is that you can actually include in your strip each day or each post 
You can put in there as if you sold a poster of it and how much you would charge for that, like a colored poster. And you can, oh, wow. and you can include a buy now, which they could click on and buy the piece of original artwork right then. So we price our original artwork at $90 right now. We haven't sold any. That's fine. I didn't expect to. Um, but that's I feel like is a fair price. Um, it's it's they're one and only. They're originals. I don't mind if I have a few hundred sitting around here waiting to sell, because that uh, I feel like that's a more than fair price for them. Um, not saying I won't do a better deal through the holidays or something like that. I've seen some of the price pretty pretty high, higher than that. So that's another clear-cut way. Guys like Kurtz, who does everything digitally, of course, he loses out on that original artwork sale. Um, he loses out on that revenue stream. I mean, he does sell right. prints of his strips, so he picks up some money that way. But, I mean, a print of your strip, you're going to charge 5 10 bucks, something like that, um, if you sign them, you know. Um, so it's, it's a collectible, personalized, but yet... Not as much as if it was an original or something. Um, other things that I've seen them do as far as merchandising. The, the collection seems to be the biggest. But I've seen buttons, stickers, shirts. A lot of them like shirts. Because usually you can pick something out of the strip and print like a shirt. Um, I get, I, okay. If any of you are readers of Clay's Way, I'm going to give you a heads up. After Christmas, we're introducing a new character who is going to be a thorn in Clay's side. His Lucy to Charlie Brown. And uh, Clay accidentally does something that makes her mad. She basically turns around and says, all right, game on, Charlie Brown. And we were talking about today, making shirts saying, game on, Charlie Brown. And quotes. Can I get in trouble with that? I don't know. I don't think so. Being a, a quote, I don't think so. I'm not looking to use logos or anything like that. But there's there's something that we think, ah, yeah, that might be cute on a shirt. Um, John, you've repeatedly said the exclamation mark. Yes. Um, and we will be doing the exclamation mark, definitely. And the scarves. Yeah, it's a, the scarves. Yeah. Play his way. So there's ways to merchandise us. Um, I want to do a stuffed panda with a scarf, you know. Um, so, yeah, there's constantly ways of uh, making money with this. So, um, All right, it's just easy, recognizable sort of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you don't even necessarily have to go, uh, you know, into major detailed uh, imagery. Uh, like I was saying, that the exclamation point is is just recognizable enough with Clay's way that it could be on pretty much anything mm-hmm. and you would recognize it as that if you followed the strip right that's what we wanted we wanted to come up with the iconic image right. that we could market and people would see like charlie brown's um zigzag sweater everybody knows right. that you see a t-shirt that printed and you go oh yeah charlie brown nothing on there said charlie brown except that imagery so that's sort of what we were looking for and creating clay's way so it's important important to think about those things when you're creating you know but the thing is you can create all the merchandise you want but you got to have the audience to sell it to um 
and, and like I said, it's a slow bleed. I'm going to share some numbers with people here. And we've been doing clays away since uh, sometime in August. And we've had 3,500 views. Wow. We've had 1,500 visitors. And that's all strictly built up from social medias. The three of us out there hitting it. Um, as we've said earlier before the podcast, we haven't done a po- we haven't done a press release about it. We haven't really done any big announcements about it because I wanted strips online before that they could go in and read and check out. Um, the average time on our site is a minute forty two seconds. So they're going on, they're reading one. It looks like most page view is three. So it looks like somebody's jumping on once a week and reading the past two, if not three, strips. So, um, and that's pretty common. Um, we've had a, we were averaging a 30% new visitor rates over each month. So it's, it's showing growth. Um, but we're 21 strips into it, 22 at the end of this week. It's time to now for us to get out there and start doing some press release, start promoting, and get our store online. Are we going to benefit from it? I don't expect it to. I, it's going to take a while. But yet, it's time to step up and show them that we can do this, that we're here. Um, the, the cool thing, I might mention this last week, is that it, it is getting recognition. We got we got a site called Totally ADD. They're a website out there who creates uh, believes... Um, there are easier ways for people who have ADD and ADHD to learn, and that's using audio and video instead of reading. And this gentleman, Rick, is one of the founders of the site. Um, they contacted us, and they want to do a write-up about us just because somebody told them about our strip. They came over and checked us out. So return Friday strip is going to be Clay meeting Rick at Totally ADD, and he's got a question for him. So as soon as I saw their site, my whole family have been on their site. We've watched their videos. It's a wonderful site. But there again, the only way they found out about us is from the Facebook or social medias. So word of mouth does get around. Um, Their newsletter for ADD, she said it reaches something like 5,000 people. You know, when we get a write-up like that, it's going to reach another 5,000 people who is directly connected with this type of thing that we're talking about on this trip. Hopefully our readership jumps. So, guys, I'm talked out, man. I'm going to take a break. (laughs) Hey, you're the only one with a, you're the only one with an actual webcomic right now. I know. But you all need to throw stuff at me. Ask me some questions. Or we move on. I did. We talked for an hour and a half, you've realized, we talked right? talked for an hour. We got started an hour, a half hour. Well, whatever. Hey, you get the I idea. I can listen to myself talk all day long, man. Yeah, so can we. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. All right. So even now, I think we've barely brushed the surface on web comics. Um, there's a ton of stuff to talk about advertising on your site. Um, to put Google ads on your site, um, to put, um, there's a couple other ad services out there. So I think what we'll do 
at this point, like you said, John, we've been talking over an hour. Right. It's put it to rest now. This is a good beginning. But I think it's something we come back in in a couple months. We can update them where Clay's Ways is. We can see we'll do more. I'll do more research on the ad end of things because it's another revenue stream. You can you can make ad money off your site. Only works if you have people coming to your site, though. Correct, Bill? Yes. Because okay. you've got ads running on Comic Mentor, correct? Okay. Yes. So, uh, and there's different ways to set those up. Unless you want to talk about it now, Bill. No, I mean, I just set them up to... I, some of the things that I do, I just put on there to get familiar with mm-hmm. things and sort of... Uh, well, you know that I like to watch numbers and uh, statistics and all that stuff. So, I, yeah, I, yeah, I do that stuff and... That's a whole set of skills that I don't really have is playing with um, web design and all that. So I play with it as I can to sort of get better at it at some point. So, you know, pretty much the whole – I don't expect to make any money off of it, you know. Uh, what little I do uh, maybe goes for a trade paperback, you know, some DC comic down the road. Who knows, but <clears> – <throat> I'm not getting rich, and that's okay. I, that's not what it's about. It's not. So, no, no that isn't. No. Well, you got some Project yeah. Wonderful ads running. Yeah. Which you can set the price for. That's good. Well, we yeah, should yeah, we should ahead. throw that out there. By the What's way, that? if you're looking to get rich off a of web comic, mm-hmm. don't start. Nope. Don't even bother. Nope. <laughs> you, you might as well. You are, would be much better off being in it for the love of web comics or the love of creating, because you may eventually make money at it, but starting out, it ain't gonna happen. It's not. It, it takes no. a long time, and there it goes back to do something you enjoy. Right. And, you know, my theory has long been if you're just doing something for the money anyway, your passion's not in it. Right. You know, why why bother working that hard for something that you know isn't going to be an immediate financial return? Right. So unless you're doing it for love or the love of creating or, you know, it's a story you really want to get out there, you know, go find it day job somewhere because web comics are not for you no no oh hey bill you've always been doing comic mentor for a year congratulations i just checked out your archives wow does it feel like a year you should throw yourself a party Woohoo! and there is the extent of a bill nickel that was bill getting wild Sad, isn't it? Ah, I'm gonna get you on convention circuit this year. Or I should say next yeah, year. Yeah, good luck with that. So, good luck with it. Um, <laughs> cool. Yeah, we'll come back and talk talk about ads and stuff. I think that's a good uh, future podcast because there's ways you can make ads and and web comics. You know, like the comics mentor. Did I design a logo for you? Yeah. Yeah. You need to put it up for me. Oh, 
I tried putting it up and it won't. I can't get it. That's one of those things that I can't. Okay. Do. Well, I'll fix that. Finding, finding out where to plug it in is the thing that I'm having the problem with. Right. So. Okay. Um, I can see it now. A picture of Bill sitting as the thinker on a stack of comics. That's next. <laughs> is that your next logo? That'll be the next one. All right, cool. I'll, I'll fully credit you with that. Excellent. That would be funny. Um, I thought yeah. so. But, um, all right, so we've taken, we have comics for an hour and a half, an hour. And uh, we, I, truthfully, guys, I feel like we barely touched the surface, except I've heard myself talk way too much. It's, then why were you listening to I yourself? know, I can't help it. It echoes. Um, so let's move on. Um, John, so what's been going on over at Comic Related slash Sketch Magazine online? Not a thing. I haven't posted anything you dog, at all. You, no, that's a lie. Dog. <laughs> that's a lie. I post stuff every day, and you all should know that by now. But um, if you haven't checked the site recently, uh, the most recent post being uh, using basic color theory in your work, um, you know, as an art teacher, um, I I think about that stuff. <laughs> occasionally um and um it's kind of funny how it shows up in other parts of my life so uh this is a little video uh from the comic book art institute one of the few places that does comic books um as an educational uh curriculum or you know something you can actually get a degree at um and uh they're talking about basic color theory, how certain colors work well together. So check that one out. And staying on the whole basics route, uh, my next one is about the basics of creating your comic book hero. Um, as I say in the little write-up, I know I'm beating the same drum, but uh, you know it's uh, it really is important, at least from my point of view, that you get the basics down. And you keep hitting on those basics. So, uh, you know, I can't reiterate that enough, but apparently I can at least reiterate it on the blog a few more times. So there's that. Then I have um, two posts from Harvey Picard. Uh, for people who don't know, he passed away earlier this year. And, um, you know, talking about uh, someone with a unique voice and uh, someone who... Uh, took a kind of sideways way into getting into comics and gained incredible notoriety for his work over the years. Uh, he's definitely one of the more famous names you could point to. Uh, so check that out. It's uh, I think it's probably one of the last interviews that he ever did. Uh, prior to his death, so go check those out. At least the one at the top, and then the uh, the second one uh, is apparently more of a KET style interview. Um, then the next one, um, I'm personally a major fan of Neil Game, and I pretty much like everything he's done. And um, I found this video of him talking to. Uh, people at Google, they have an author series where they'll have 
people come in and and just talk, talk about their work, talk about a variety of stuff, and uh, also have a little Q and A session. I know they did it with Conan O'Brien once in between his uh, two talk show jobs, mm-hmm. and uh, and various other people. So um, check this out; it's funny, uh, it's informative, it's uh, pretty much everything that Niels Gaiman's work is. So go check that out. And then um, I don't know if people have been keeping up with uh, the Green Lantern series or Green Lantern Green Arrow series and the Teen Titans lately, um, but the work of uh, J.T. Kroll has uh, really invigorated both those titles. And once again, it's one of those few things that uh, is about a writer. You don't get to see a lot of interviews of writers, especially in video form. Uh, these days, it's usually talking to artists. So uh, every chance I stumble across a writing video, I try to take it. So there is that. Um, and then sticking with the DC vein, uh, actually, this guy worked for DC and Marvel. His name is Steve Scott. Uh, is talking in a brief interview at a convention about his process and uh, how he approaches his work. And, uh, you know, he's got a cool hat. So <laughs> yeah. there you go. And I think that uh, that brings me back up to where we were last time. I think so. So, Bill, what's going on over at Comics Mentor? Daily doses of encouragement. Uh, even if I don't post daily, there's plenty of, of uh, posts to go back and read. Uh, a year's worth right. of posts to yes. read. Uh, but we've been talking about uh, doing what you love with um, whether it's web comics or sketch cards, uh, comics, all those things, and that's really the uh, a key issue is is if you love to do it, do it and you know get your stuff out there, learn about it, do research like Bob did with um, web comics and all the things that he does. Um, he doesn't just jump blindly into it, and you shouldn't either. I mean, you've got there. There are resources out there on all these things, and we have podcasts. This is what this will be number, number 20, twenty, and we've yeah we've got you know nineteen others that you can go on uh, and listen to if you haven't already. You can go on comic related forum and respond to each and every one of them because each and every one of them has a uh, a topic header, a thread that you can sound off on or ask questions about or if there's something that you want clarified or maybe you thought of something while you were listening to the podcast um, you know put that out there and you know it, things come up and that spawns another podcast just like this uh, the one today was from an email uh, we've, t- we've talked about web comics some before but not as a whole podcast right. so um and we will be having a sketch magazine uh, art contest. I, I sent uh, Bob the three pages that Andy Smith, uh, uh, the pencil pages, and we're going to pick one of those and use that as a, the basis for the inking contest. So stay tuned to Comics Mentor, uh, SketchMagazine.net, uh, comic related. You know, I'll announce it everywhere. So that's it for me. Cool. Let's see. Clay's Way, of course, as we've talked about so much here. Uh, we've got Monday, Mondays and Fridays uh, strips coming. 
and uh, Blue Line, working at Blue Line. Um, they got a great offer going on. Uh, with every $75 you spend, you get a free $10 gift card. So, I know, anything you buy there, you get a free gift card. So, check that out. That was a newsletter that went out this week. Um, and then just working on the next issue of Sketch with Bill, trying to prepare it, get it ready to go. So, um, that's it with me. I head to Atlanta on Friday. And, John, I think you're now following. Yep, I'll be there. So, uh, we will. Two of the three of us will be in Atlanta. And, uh, Bill, we will miss you. Next year, we're dragging you with us. Kicking and fighting. Um, So, how can they reach you, John? Uh, You can always reach me through john at sketchmagazine.net, john at comicrelated.com, and now john at sequentialsupport.com. And more on that later. <laughs> Bill? Uh, email me at uh, comicsmentor at gmail.com. And you can usually find me on the comic-related forum. Cool. And you can reach me at bobh at bluelinepro.com. Or you can catch all three of us at podcast at sketchmagazine.net. So thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Good night, everyone. See ya. Wow, you guys quit stumbling over yourself on the end of those. You've done well the past couple of times. <laughs>